Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? Eric here with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. This is the second Truck Talk Tuesdays episode. Uh, today, we're going to be covering my arrow build and a couple more updates, too, of preseason scouting, some good things, some bad things, and basically just going in depth on my arrow setup, like what I'm using, why I'm using it, the things that I was using, um, the things that I tried using that didn't work out, and just what ended up working for me. So the arrows I'm shooting are Victory Z-Force Gamers. They are cut at 26 inches, 8.7 grains per inch, and the reason that I chose these, so before before I even really go into it, let's let's go down memory lane. Um, the past two seasons that I was bow hunting, I didn't really consider arrow weight too much. I didn't look into it. Nobody told me, you know, hey, make sure you've got a decently heavy arrow, you know, for penetration. I thought it was all the broadhead. I thought the biggest cutting broadhead is the best broadhead, and the penetration will be an issue. I never gave much thought about pass-throughs. I never thought about arrow flight. I never thought about really much of anything. It was more of just get whatever arrows I like, figure out what they weigh, get my pins set right, and then that's it. So the first two years, I was shooting the um, Allen Realtree arrows that you can buy at Walmart. I know a lot of people are going to look down on that, but I, I saw no point in spending $200 on arrows just to really not know what I'm doing, you know? I didn't have any way of building them. I had no knowledge of building them. So all I did was just go to Walmart, buy five or six of those Allen Realtree arrows. They were stock length was 29 inches. I think the insert grain was probably like 10 grains, 12 grains, something like that. And a nine grain knock and just some regular blazer fletching. And that was it. I mean, I. Like I said, I never thought about spine other than the fact I knew a 350 was what I needed for my draw weight. And that, I'm honestly happy that I didn't kill anything the first two years because I was way, way under arrows. I did not have enough weight. I didn't, it wasn't flying correctly. They were hitting sideways. It was good grouping, but they were still hitting sideways. I didn't know anything about tuning arrows. I didn't know anything about tuning a bow. I was still learning, and I'm still learning today. You constantly are going to be learning in in this industry, in this hobby, and in archery. So fast forward to last year, 2021, and towards the end of that season, I started really looking into arrow weight, what what age penetration, what broadheads would be better, what to use when you're using a lighter arrow. And I'm telling you all what, it was an insanely deep rabbit hole that that rabbit hole was crazy i i honestly had no clue that i was going to learn what i learned um i looked at the arrows i was using if i'm right i think my total arrow weight was just above 400 grains and i was also shooting a rage the extreme no collar cut on contact which somebody told me a cut on contact broadhead is what i wanted so I saw that. I was like, okay, cool. It's cut on contact. It's a huge hole. No issues. I know the juries use it, but that also is probably because they have most likely heavier arrows. And I'm sure, you know, it obviously works for them, 
but that realization of what I was using was not right really steered me in the right direction. So after learning that, I started learning how to cut arrows down, how to square them up, how to basically build my own arrows at home. And there was a lot of things I went through with that. I took the real trees that I had, and at first, I just cut them down to 28 inches, same as my draw length, because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought that's what was going to be better. I thought that would aid arrow flight. I thought that, you know, if I put a little bit heavier insert, that I might get some better FOC, which I'll get into. And my arrow weight bumped up to about 430. No, I'm sorry, 450. Um, because I cut it down and put in a 50 grain insert. And after everything was all said and done, it was around 450 grain. So at the time, I thought that was good. I thought I was set. Still thought that using mechanical with that with that arrow weight would be would be fine. The huge cutting mechanicals, I still thought, okay, this will work. But as I went deeper into the rabbit hole, I kind of learned that that's not exactly the case. Now, you could take a heavy arrow, let's say a 600-grain arrow, and you could probably put a Rage 2-inch cut, you know, whether it's a no-collar or just like a regular old Rage, any, anything from Rage. Let's just use Rage as an example. I'm not knocking them, but I'm just telling you all what I use. Let's say you take a 600-grain arrow with a Rage brought in. It'll probably do the job, but you're also losing a ton of trajectory. Yes, the penetration will be there, but I still, at least for my applications, I don't think that would have been the better route to go. And I got up there. I was shooting at one point. I mean, I went to both ends of the, of the spectrum. Started off light. Once I learned that light arrows don't cut it, no pun intended, uh, I went to 586 grain. Now, that wasn't with the real tree. When I was shooting the real tree, I ended up changing my insert weight. The real tree arrows from Walmart are 10.2 grains per inch. I put a 150 grain insert in the front and 100 grain brought in. So you're talking 562 grains after everything was all said and done. And for a while, that's what I was going to use. And I even talked to Ranch Ferry and said, hey, this is what I'm using. What do you think? And his words pretty much exactly were, as long as you hit the vital V, you're set. If you hit any hard bone, it's not going to happen. And the broadhead at the time that I was planning on using exclusively was Q80 Exodus. Now, that's not to say that that arrow wouldn't have worked. But what I found out with that arrow is it's not as strong or as sturdy as other arrows on the market. It's, I mean, it's a $5 arrow at, at Walmart, you know? So, decided to go with a Carbon Express Terminator Hunter, which is also a 350 spine. What I am pretty sure about that arrow, I did talk to Carbon Express. They told me the arrow grain is 11.2, so basically the same as a full metal jacket. I do believe that it's dual spine, which I guess that just means it's thicker. I do know the diameter of the arrow is a lot thicker than the real tree arrows I was using. But again, with the heavier arrow weight, I also put a 150 grain insert up front and I was still around 580, 570, something like that. And again, using the QAD Exodus, and I also at that point was looking at the G5 Megameet, um, which if you have watched the video that I dropped or listened to the podcast last week, 
y'all will know that I'm still going to be using the Q80 Exodus and the Mega Meet. It's just I'm not shooting a Carbon Express arrow. The reason for that, for the most part, was arrow speed and pin gap. I could not get a 40-yard pin set to save my life. I had my sight all the way down, and I still couldn't get my 40-yard pin to go low enough. So after being frustrated with spending all this time and all this money, I went back to the drawing board and thought, okay, what's a good grain per inch arrow that's not going to be too heavy, but isn't going to be too light? What's a good medium? So I reached out to Aaron Snyder. I reached out to Ranch Ferry. Y'all already know pretty much what Ranch Ferry said. He said that the arrow uh, weight that I was using was fine. Just don't hit any hard bones. And maybe, you know, maybe that still would be fine. I'm not taking any shots further than 40 yards. So a 562-grain arrow could have done the job, or a 575-grain arrow. Let's just say, let's just put it in the middle there. Let's say I'm shooting a 575-grain arrow with the G5 Megameet or the Q80 Exodus. Yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably zip right through that thing. But at the same time, pin gap. That was my biggest problem. And I'm not going to use something that's going to hinder me shooting at, you know, out to 40 yards. I mean, yes, I may not take that shot, but I still want to have that, that option if the opportunity presents itself. So... Reached out to Aaron Snyder and talked to him about my uh, arrow speed, my arrow weight, draw length, draw weight, all that stuff. He told me you want to stick around 475 to 550. 550 is on the on the extreme end. So I eventually went back to Walmart because again I I don't see a point in spending $200 on arrows. That's not to say I have an issue with somebody doing it. I just don't. I don't have the funds to do that. I can't justify spending that kind of money on arrows. So I go back to Walmart, and I know that they have some arrows there that are made by Victory. And to me, Victory is, I love that brand. I know the guys from Working Class Bowhunter shoot them. They are actually the ones who introduced me to Victory. I never even knew about Victory until I listened to their podcast. We all go check them out. They're some amazing guys. Um, they're funny as hell. They're awesome. They're they're awesome guys. They uh, gave my dad and my wife's grandpa a shout-out on their veteran shout-out, so that was pretty cool. Um, I'm going on a tangent. So anyway, talked to Snyder. He told me what arrow weight to use, and went to Walmart and found some, it says Mossy Oak on the arrow, but I found out that they're the same arrow as the Victory V-Force Gamer. They're just, they have a different logo on them. That's the only difference. So I was like, okay, I'll try these out. And I still had some old inserts from when I was putting super heavy inserts into the heavier arrows, which I didn't really have that much FOC. It was probably like 14%, which will still do the job. But based off of what Ranch Ferry says and the weight that Snyder told me, I, I kind of wanted to go a little higher. So I bought a couple of those arrows. Like I said, they're 8.7 grains per inch, which is pretty pretty marginal. It's you know a medium weight, and I put 125 grain inserts into them with a 100 grain broadhead. And before I got lighted knocks, the knocks weighed I think nine grains. So you're talking 486 grains, I believe. And they flew great. They, I had no issues. Aeroflight was perfect. They weren't hitting sideways anymore. I did have to knock tune a little bit. But, I mean, that's just normal. You know, anytime you're tuning arrows, you're going to have to definitely not tune. Ranch says to not tune without fletching. I didn't do that. 
Now, I do flesh my own arrows, but it's just, I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see any need to do it. Not to say it won't work, I just didn't feel like doing it, to be honest. So, anyway, got my arrows flying good. Um, decided after a couple times where, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. They were hitting so accurately at 40 yards that I was ripping fletchings off. Now, this is shooting with the Q80 Exodus, okay? So, some of the arrows did get messed up with those tight groupings. I had to buy more. Not a big deal. They're like $7 a piece. So, you buy six of them, you're spending after tax probably 45 50 bucks. That's not bad for some arrows that, in my opinion, are top-notch. They, I don't remember the straightness tolerance. I don't remember the, um, the spine tolerance, but they are three a 350 spine. They come 31 inches stock, and to stiffen my, my spine up, because I do know the heavier insert you put in, the stiffer spine you need. To stiffen my spine up, I cut my arrows down to 26 inches. It's the max... Uh, short length that I would ever cut. I mean, it, it's it's pretty close to the to my to my arrow rest, but it's it's good enough to where I'm not cutting myself. It's not hitting the riser. There's no issues there. There's no clearance issues whatsoever. So switched over to those, and I was loving it. But because I like to tinker with stuff so much, I thought about giving gold tip cut down 340s a try. Cut those to 27 inches. And I believe those are 9.1 or 9.3 grains per inch. And I'll tell y'all what, those are some solid arrows too. I messed them up, unfortunately, by putting some Hellfire veins, the quick fletch from NAP on, and they started flying all weird, and I just wasn't, I wasn't happy with it. The total arrow weight with insert, I put a 125 grain insert in the front on those two. The total arrow weight with a broadhead and veins and all that because they use raptor veins now the thing with these victories they come with lasers they come with green and white lasers which are six i believe six grains each so you're talking 18 grains on the back with a nine grain insert what is that 27 grains i believe it's not bad when you've got 250 grains on the front so the foc was unbelievable it was probably 18 19 percent which is in my opinion what i would like to stick around um, so anyway, I switch over to gold tips. I messed them up. I put in the quick fletch on. It's not knocking NAP. It's just with that specific arrow, it just didn't work. So I decided to go back to the victory. Um, because I liked how the quick fletch look, I thought, okay, I'll try it on these. Quick fletch those up. Same thing happened. They were flying sideways. And with any arrow flight, you don't want that. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're shooting, what broadhead. It doesn't matter. Um, you don't want a sideways arrow going at an animal. So, I hope that wasn't too loud. Um, getting frustrated and already having arrows that the fletchings were cut off of, I cut those NAP quick fletch off, and I bought some boning quick fletch. It's the exact same thing that would come on the real tree arrows. You know, it's, it's boning blazers, and I know people knock blazers. I like them. I don't think they're super loud. I have thought about switching over to AAE, and I may end up doing that. Um, but this season, I'm going to be still using the boning quick fletch on some of my arrows. Some of the other ones, I've already refletched, and there's no point in refletching them. But all of my arrows have lasers on them. So anyway, I put the boning quick fletch on the victories, 
and instantly perfect arrow flight. So to me, that just says that the NATs weren't, they, they were steering the arrow weird. And I couldn't get them to group. I tried tuning my bow left and right, up and down, any way, any way that I could. And it just wouldn't work. The, the exodus did not fly like field points. And before that, I had my bow dialed in, like I do now, to where field points in that fixed blade go to the exact same spot. Um, so you can imagine how frustrating that was, especially spending all this money. You know, it was it was a very expensive learning experience. But I got those phony quick fletch on. They flew perfect with field tips. They flew perfect with the Mega Meat. They flew perfect with the Mega Meat BMP. And they flew perfect with the QAD Exodus. So I was very happy about that. The only thing that I decided to change. Now remember, I'm sitting at 486 grains, okay? Um, which is a good arrow, sorry, arrow weight. Good arrow weight. And the only thing I wanted to change was I wanted to switch to lighted knock. The reason being is because while I can follow the arrow path, I want to be able to tell where that arrow went. And especially if I start filming my hunts, it just makes, like how T-Bone and Michael Waddell say, it just makes for better TV. So whoever watched that video can see where that arrow went, rather than some of the videos I'll watch or some of the shows that I'll watch where they don't have any lighted knocks. And you can kind of tell where the arrow hits, but it's kind of frustrating when you're looking at the vitals and then you, you really can't can't tell because the camera won't pick it up or whatever whatever the situation is. So anyway, I got some, and some people might knock me for this, but again, doing all this on a budget, you know, with, like I've said in previous podcasts, everybody's going through hard times right now. Everything's getting super expensive, and I don't see a point in spending money on certain pieces of equipment that you're not 100% sure are going to work. I'm not knocking Nocturnal. I'm not knocking Luminoc. I'm not knocking Glory. I just wanted to try something that was a little cheap and see if it held up to the to the big names in the industry. So I went on Amazon. I was watching um, Lust Archery Adventures, who is a uh, YouTube channel. Y'all should definitely check him out. He does broadhead tests weekly. He does equipment tests weekly. And he tested a lighted knock that a company called D-Power makes, and it's got, you don't need any sort of tool, you don't need anything other than a fingernail to turn the switch off, and these things are amazing, I mean, they they are kind of on the heavy side, they are 35 grains each knock, so my FOC kind of wavered a little bit, I'm probably sitting at about 17% right now, but putting those lighted knocks in my arrows bumped it up to 511 grains, which I think is the perfect middle weight you know it's not too light it's not on the low end of what Snyder said but it's also not 650 grain or some crazy amount that I mean let's all be honest here a lot of us are going to be hunting over bait a lot of us expect to know what our distances are going to be but it's never a guarantee you, you're never going to go in those woods and you're never going to know exactly where that deer is going to come from unless somehow you've pinpointed them down so so well that you know for a fact they will come to that feed and you know for a fact that it's going to be a 20-yard shot. Again, I'm not knocking what Ranch Ferry says. Dude's super smart. I know the Ashby reports say that a 650-grain arrow is, you know, ideal, but the thing is, it, it's, it's only ideal if you know exactly what your distance is going to be and if that animal is not going to move super quickly. So, like I said, 511 grains, perfect median, and 
I have no issues. If you watch my video on YouTube where I was breaking down um, what a finely tuned bow will do with a broadhead, a fixed blade broadhead, and basically a field point, you can see that they go within an inch and a quarter of each other. Now, that's not to say that it's, you know, perfectly accurate. I know guys like Cam Haynes can, can stack them on top of each other and Robin Hood them, you know, almost every time. I know John Dudley can do that. I know Chris B can do that. I know a lot of guys that can do that. But, again, when I've only been shooting a bow for three years and I can consistently get that, I can consistently get that grouping out of these arrows, that's good for me. You know, it, it's well within where the vinyls would be. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my arrow build. Broadheads I'm using, in case you haven't listened to the last podcast episode or in case you haven't seen the video on YouTube, I highly recommend y'all listen. Um, I want to see this thing grow. I want to get people on. I want to have. I want to have it be an interactive podcast. I've got a Facebook page. It's Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Y'all can go follow that. I'll be posting pictures, videos, uh, new episodes, and I will listen to the listener feedback. That's that's a huge thing. A buddy of mine, Paul Sinoground, who will be on the podcast soon. Um, he told me, or he, he, he suggested that I make a Facebook page, Instagram page, all that, so I can get listener feedback and talk about topics y'all want to know about or have people that want to come on and just talk about their hunting experience, talk about things they've done, what bucks they've killed, what deer they've killed, what their arrow and bow setups are. You know, I want this to be a podcast that is basically community-based. I don't want it to just be me, me rambling on every week, you know, oh, this is what arrow I'm using or this is what land I'm hunting or this and that like you know it's going to be that but I don't want it to be just that so the broadheads broadheads I'm using are the Q80 Exodus hunter grain replaceable three blade that I personally think is the best replaceable blade broadhead on the market it the whole it has a one and a quarter cut um, I've seen pictures of what it does to deer and what it does to other animals it's like a shotgun I mean, literally, it, it looks like the deer got shot by a shotgun. It, it, it from what I've seen, is an amazing broadhead. And the other broadhead I'm using is going to be the G5 Mega Meat. It's got a two-inch cut. It is a mechanical. It's a three-blade, though. And if you want to see the hole in that, I mean, just look it up on YouTube. It's devastating. And it doesn't take a lot of force to open. The collar system is much improved from the spider, the spider collar, I guess, is what it, what it was called, um, from what they used to use with the T3 and with the G5 Havoc. They've improved their stuff phenomenally. And their fixed blades are awesome, too. They've got a replaceable fixed blade. The only thing about it I don't like is blades are a little bit thin. And so, yeah, you replace them, but I don't know. I, I'm If you're talking fixed blades, I'm going to push the, G, or the Q80 Exodus every, every single day. 10 times out of 10. But the mechanical side of it, I think the G5 Mega Meat is probably the best mechanical on the market. You know, I, I was talking about Rage earlier. The deer that I killed called the Prayer Buck. I killed him with a Rage. Y'all go listen to that episode. That That is a good episode, if you ask me. It, uh, I talk about the story of the deer. I talk about God, my faith, how important it is to me. And I really hope that everyone that listened to that episode gets the message that I was trying to put out. 
Um, you can also go see that deer on my Instagram page, my Facebook page. All of those pages are Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. It's highly interactive. And, yeah. So, updates on hunting spots. Me and my buddy Josh Chriswell went to a local WMA that's right down the street from my house. And we spent four hours scouting this past Saturday. Found a lot of good sign, a lot of good spots. I found a lot of good trees that I can get into. Um, which, incidentally, that brings that reminds me, that brings up the, the topic of my climber. I think that I'm probably going to use the climber more this year than I was planning on. Reason being is, after scouting, I noticed most of the deer sign that we found was not in open areas. It was in deep, thick uh, cover and a lot of, you know, like like there was a pine, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, not a pine thicket, but basically just a, a ton of pine trees and oak trees mixed together. That is where I saw the, um, the giant deer on this WMA last year when he busted me. We saw so much deer sign, it was ridiculous. And I actually, we walked into the areas this buck came from, and I, I should have went in there last year when, when I got down because it was the perfect spot. And it's definitely where I'm going to be sitting at, at least one sit this year when um, the rut kicks in, when I go out there again for the second archery season. And I'm telling you all what, I've got really high hopes for this place. We went through some of the thickest brush I've ever been through. We hiked about four miles in three and a half hours, and we saw only a quarter of this WMA. We found old scrapes, old rubs, uh, a couple, a couple bones from God knows what. We uh, found some swampy areas. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a very good good year, I think. Uh, hopefully, that me saying that doesn't jinx it, but yeah, it, it it's looking good. That's all the good stuff. The bad stuff is I lost a spot. I was going to go hunt a family friend's property. They're friends with my grandparents. They're very nice people. Um, But I was pretty much told that there's some some worries about about me hunting there. Not going to go into too much detail. Let's just say one of the homeowners wasn't really sure about it. He wasn't super comfortable, and I'm not going to push that. I mean, it's just deer hunting, you know. I'm not going to be sitting here, you know, trying to convince somebody to let me come on their property if they're not comfortable. I understand, you know, if if I wasn't a deer hunter and someone came up to me and said, hey, can I hunt your property? You know, I may not say no, but I would definitely have some reservations. Like, I don't know this person. And, you know, I, I was as respectful as I could be, and I just let them know, hey, I really appreciate it. But, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And, you know, after looking at the map, it probably could have some potential. But there's not a lot of forested areas, and most of their property is just a little pond. And, um, you know, it it may have a giant on it. I don't know. I never got a camera out there. I've never even scouted it. I've never even gone to this property. I just met these people at church one day. We got to talking way earlier this year. They said... Um, to come closer to deer season, to reach out closer to deer season, so I did. Everything seemed fine, and then I come to find out that there's some reservations. So, unfortunately, lost that spot. 
but it happens. You know, I'm working on finding another spot in Duluth. Uh, I actually saw some really good bucks near this property about three weeks ago. And then yesterday when I was leaving the office from work in the, in the morning, it's probably about 6.30ish, I saw them again across the pond. And let me just tell y'all, they've gotten bigger. So I'm pushing to get this property. I haven't had time to go talk to the property owner or even try to get in contact with them. I know season's in four or five weeks. So I may get it, I may not, who knows. But this season's looking good. I, I just left my grandparents' place, just moved some cameras, putting a track block out. Um, I'm jumping on the attracts train. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of faith in that company. I've got a lot of faith in their seed. It's very expensive, but it's high quality stuff. And a buddy of mine, actually, Mr. Andy Freeman and his wife just got recognized at Ace Hardware Social Circle Archery Shop from Attracts. So that was pretty cool. And uh, hopefully he enjoys this shout out. And yeah, so using Attracts, you know, I've had good success with it in the past. I know deer love it. Um, one of my target bucks in, at my old Rockdale uh, spot was that was the only time he ever daylighted, was when I put a tracks out. Unfortunately, I wasn't there that day. I believe it was a Monday morning or like a Sunday morning or something, and I just decided not to go for whatever reason. We may have had some sort of family thing pop up. I don't, I don't really remember. But every time I put a tracks out, it's always done good. So what I did was I made some mock scrapes with my Phillips Outdoor Sense. Y'all go check him out. That's who Seek One uses. That's who Jay Maxwell from 4610 uses. I mean, when I put his scent out last year, the biggest buck on this property I'm hunting showed up. Now, he only stayed for a couple of days, and he never daylighted. But regardless, I had tons of feed out. I had every reason for that deer to show up. And he only showed up when I, when I put that, uh, that scent out. So mock stripes are something that I'm learning still. I have full faith that they're going to work. Um, but I went deeper in the property... So I've got three cameras, and one of them I've got a little bit off from the field that is like right now I'm considering my main hunting spot. It probably is going to change, but that's where all the deer were showing up before they started disappearing. Now, what that basically means is the target bucks I had, I haven't seen in nine days. doesn't mean they're gone, but we're getting closer to deer season. We're getting closer to them going hard horn, and... You know, it's, it's, it's about that time where deer start disappearing. Hopefully, making these mock scrapes brings them back and keeps them on the property. If that doesn't work, I put the tracks block out a little bit deeper in the woods. I found a good tree to sit in. I cleared a couple of shooting lanes. So, I think, I think this is going to be a good year. It's, um, it's shaping up to be. There's a lot of potential on this property. There's a lot of potential and a lot of good sign over on the public land that I'm going to be hunting. I've got a much better understanding this year of what to do, how to go about this. Um, I have one camera over that attract block and a mock scrape I made next to it. I've got another camera over another mock scrape that I made that's a little bit closer to the field. And I've got my cell camera on the field where I made another mock scrape. And that's basically just going to be my way of inventorying where these deer are coming from, even though I have a good idea of where they're coming from. Um, it's just going to be my way of seeing, okay, what's, what's around right now? Because come November, 
really come October, there's probably going to be completely different bucks on this property. You know, I've been getting pictures of little bucks here and there, spikes, a couple fork horns, but, you know, nothing, nothing like what I was getting nine days ago. And I just know that once the rut kicks in, after the sign that I saw last year and how many does are on this property, which I'm planning on taking a couple, um, it's going to be a good spot. I just have to hit it at the right time. And thanks to Spartan Forge, which if y'all don't have that app, go get it. It's an amazing app. It shows you wind direction. It shows you property lines. You can make markers. They've got so many things. You can even mark where you don't have permission or where you do have permission. I mean, it's just check out Seek One's YouTube channel. Check out Spartan Forge's Instagram. I mean, they're, you know, they've got everything on there. And I only know about that app because of those guys. Um, I also have base map, which gives me a much more detailed view of where the wind's coming from, real time. So that's that's beneficial. And yeah, y'all, it's just five weeks. Five weeks. Actually, not even five weeks. I'm recording this on the eighth. No, on the ninth. So we have literally four weeks in a day until season starts. If you haven't gotten your stands out, if you haven't gotten your your feed out, or if you haven't gotten your cameras out, you better get on it now. If that bow is not tuned, get it tuned. If you haven't chosen a broadhead yet, I highly recommend the Q80 Exodus or the G5 Megamine. Sever's a good one too. Anything from Sever's really good. Um, get your stuff together. Get your gear ready because it's going to be here before you know it, and the last thing you want to do is have nothing ready the day before season and be scrambling around to get everything ready. So that's that's my ramble. That's my that's my preaching. So y'all get out there. Um, go support the podcast. Go support the YouTube channel. Go follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. My YouTube channel is the exact same name. And I really hope that we can make this thing grow, y'all. I really appreciate all the support. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.